How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to shove. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome to the Thanks Bud Podcast, and I am Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. Obviously we took a week off. We kind of alluded to the fact that we might um, two weeks ago when we did the podcast, but we did. It definitely happened, obviously. But we're <laughs> back, it's the new year, and thankfully it's great that we did that because had we done a podcast at any point before now, we couldn't say that the Kings had won their last game. It would have just been an hour of us crying. We were preparing for it um, the other night, but luckily we don't have to do that. So that's wonderful. Thank you, Kings. They played the Vancouver Canucks. And actually, before we get into the details of that, let me just update you on where they are. They have a record of 26, 13, and 4. Points leader, still Andre Kopitar with 35. He's got 13 goals, 22 assists. But a change in the goal scoring leader. Heading into this game, it was tied between three people, Kopitar, Justin Williams, and Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter puts up two goals tonight. And now has 15. So he is back on top as the Kings' leading goal scorer, which is great because he still played like 10 games less than someone like Andre Kopitar or Justin Williams because of his injury. I always forget about that, that he's been gone for, or that he was gone for so long, but still managed to catch up to everyone. Kind of like, kind of like Tyler Toffoli and the rest of the rookies. Yeah, actually, (laughs) that's pretty true. Even though Toffoli's been a little quiet. I mean, not that he's the only one. Obviously, the Kings lost five straight games, and it was the worst thing to happen. Terrible. The only positive, or at least the only thing that we thought was positive, was that in the loss to the Dallas Stars right before Christmas, Trevor Lewis finally got a point. So he has a point, but then apparently it was like the start of doom. We shouldn't allow him. He doesn't deserve nice things, apparently, because then that started the terrible losing streak. But uh, yeah, I was kind of bummed that we didn't get to um, immediately start yelling about the fact that he got a point because it's so damn exciting. Everybody was very excited on Twitter, but then things got terrible from there. So that was the end of it. During that losing streak... Just to cover that before we get into them actually, you know, remembering how to win or succeed at anything tonight. So, but during that losing streak, they had only scored six goals. Two of those games, they didn't score any goals in. The other ones, they scored two, but that wasn't enough for anything. And then one of, like, especially the, I think the most frustrating game now in retrospect, surprisingly, was the Chicago game. Like, out of all of those games, that was the game that they definitely should have won. Or at least they had a fighting chance to win, because it's not like they played terribly. It was, it was kind of like the first couple of periods of uh, the Vancouver game today. You know, they had possession, they played well, like, they were fine defensively, they just couldn't score a goal. There was not Mm -hmm. a single bounce that would go their way. Um, And so while we kind of looked during this losing streak at Chicago as being like, oh, that was like, oh, it was a good game. Like, you know, that was the best they played. But it's like, wait, they should have scored a damn goal. 
because that's the only time that they could have done it. I mean, that was such, especially looking at all of the other teams, like a lot of other other teams that have faced Chicago, they, it's not unusual for them to score four goals. They do that kind of thing all the time. So for the Kings to limit them to a single goal and be back on their defensive game and not score anything was so completely frustrating. And I'm really glad that... I don't have to look at that now and be like, oh, if only they had just won that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that we don't have to really ever look or think about any of those games during the losing streak again. Still, I think the interesting thing is that nobody can still figure out why they get into these places where they just can't score goals. Because as we pointed out online, and as many people have pointed out, the Kings still had plenty of possession in most of those games. And what really did them in, obviously, was taking a lot of penalties or moments where they did have defensive mistakes, somehow the other team managed to capitalize on them. And that never really happened for the Kings. Never really went in their favor. They have the worst puck luck. It's it's awful. It's terrible. It's so frustrating. But whatever. That's in the past. Let's talk about the win from tonight. So, Vancouver Canucks. And a few different things happened today. This was a pretty busy day. First... We get, well, actually, we heard yesterday, Jonathan Quick took a lot of work in practice, and it was like, all right, he's coming back soon. The news was originally that he was supposed to spend the weekend with the Manchester Monarchs in the AHL on a conditioning assignment to get some warm-up games in. He was going to play two games and then come back for the Kings. People were thinking probably the Tuesday game that they have. Instead, because of weather or whatever, and East Coast weather is the worst, thank goodness we all live in Southern California, preach so he didn't get to go to that comes back to los angeles and uh, does another you know practice yesterday gets a lot of work and then pretty much people are thinking he's playing um against the canucks tonight and it, i liked some of the tweets i think my favorite was probably from lisa dillman that was like you know he had his game face on in his eight mile ish hoodie <laughs> so <laughs> that was her clue that he was probably going to start in that that's how that's how you know when he has his like game pregame uniform on. Yeah. Um, surly teenagered. Uh, I listen to a lot of Eminem. Look also made me realize that I don't think I've ever seen anybody make an actual like highlight video to that song, uh, the main song from that movie. And I think someone absolutely should. That's probably going to be us. <laughs> like, <laughs> an hour after we finish uh, recording this, the next thing that happened, or really what kicked off sort of the, I don't know, excitement of today, is that Daniel Carcillo sent to the New York Rangers. He's gone. Done with him already. Half season. I was, I was surprisingly bummed about it. I mean, granted, I kind of forgot that he was um, on the team just because he's been healthy scratched or, you know, he's been not doing a single thing. So I completely forgot that he was a member of the Kings, but still surprised and kind of sad that he's gone. Yeah, I and I will not deny, obviously, that at the beginning of this season, I was probably one of the people least excited to see Daniel Carcillo on this team, but I had gotten used to him. He had done some pretty cool things early in the season. Obviously, he had sort of disappeared most recently. But overall, I was warming up to his presence. I also appreciate his personality. He seems like a fun dude. So uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised. Also, because I think all of us were just expecting, you know, if they were going to bring Quick back, 
to send Martin Jones to the AHL, and they held off on that. They're carrying three goalies for however long as they can push it, probably just today. I don't know. We'll see. My favorite uh, favorite thing that came out of it, though, was Harrison Mooney wrote an article um, about it, basically summarizing my thoughts um, (laughs) just about, like, the Kings being like, oh, we should probably... You know, Jonathan Quick's coming back. We should probably send Jones down. Oh, but he's been good. What if Quick's not good enough to just just get rid of Carcillo? It's fine. Don't worry about it. Let's just roll with three goalies. Just get rid of Carcillo and also get a seventh round pick back, apparently. You know what was also weird, though, about that move was then they put Matt Fratton on the left wing again tonight, which he can't do it. Stop making him try. And I found it surprising then that they got rid of Daniel Crisillo but let Matt Fratton stay, even though Matt Fratton, I think, has been about as useful as Daniel Crisillo was. Like, I don't really think either one of them has done a whole lot better. Yeah, both have been pretty invisible. Daniel Crisillo is at least amusing about it (laughs) Um, in terms of his game face, his hair flips, and his uh, artistic talents, whereas Matt Fratton uh, just got his lip busted up. Miss you, Daniel Carcillo's unicorn. That, it's still the best. <laughs> it's, I love it. I love that. I'm glad that he chose to, like, I'm not only going to draw a unicorn, but, you know, I'm going to draw the background. Right. You don't just you don't just leave a unicorn floating in the middle of a piece of glass. You got to give it, right. Obviously you know, there's you a rainbow. Make, make the surroundings. So he drew a rainbow. I loved that moment. And um, if he didn't give the kings anything else, he gave King's fans that moment. Also, that um, yell <laughs> after... It was like a shootout win, right? So. Yeah, it was a shootout win, and he is just a maniac by himself on the bench, cheering to the gods, where everyone else is like, kind of like high-fiving, fist-bumping everyone else around them. But And he like kind of looks around to kind of like celebrate with someone, but <laughs> no one's there to celebrate with him. He's like, fuck it, I'll do it myself, and just starts cheering. I like that he just commits to it. He sees nobody, and I think there's like one second where maybe Mike Richards looks at him, and he's like, nope, I don't have any time for you right now, and Daniel Carcillo's <laughs> like, whatever, I'm going for it. Oh, it's so good. So much joy. We all wish that we could be as happy as Daniel Carcillo was in that moment. <laughs> Unfortunately, we won't have any more of those celebrations. He's gone (laughs) to the Rangers, which means he has to neatly make his bunk bed at Jeff Carter's house and fly east into terrible winter. Good luck, Daniel Carcillo. All the best to Daniel Carcillo. I mean, glad that we have Jonathan Quick back, so (laughs) don't really care in the grand scheme of things. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously the Kings didn't think they lost a whole lot. Lombardi managed to get a seventh-round pick for it, but I don't. clearly they didn't really care. They just needed the roster space to bring Quick back in, but also keep Jones and Scribbins in case Quick got on the ice tonight and totally bombed. But he didn't. And you know who's the happiest about that? I am. <laughs> I was like, I know the answer to this question already. I am- I just sort of imagined you wearing every single piece of quick uh, clothing um, that you owned while, like, clutching a framed Jonathan Quick photo. (laughs) I actually was not wearing any. I thought about, maybe I should wear my Quick t-shirt today, but I did not because I didn't want to get too excited and then, like, be let down completely. I just, you know, huddled up on my little couch in my living room and hoped for the best, and he was great. He had that, like, split save early that everybody was like, oh, wait, but it was fine. 
the only goal he let in was a power play goal and people got a little worried even though I mean not necessarily because of him but because of the Kings and taking a million penalties but he was solid for the rest of the game and it was awesome and before this game I was very thankful like as terrible as losing five games in a row like that's awful let's never let it happen again as bad as that was I was like Thanks, Ben Scrivens and Martin Jones, for regressing a little bit and taking some pressure off of Jonathan Quick. Now he doesn't have to get like three shutouts in a row. Now he just has to win. <laughs> and and he when he did. <laughs> yeah, we were all, jo- we joked like, what was it? I'm going to tell time in, the, in like podcast terms, like two podcasts ago or something <laughs> like that. We talked about how. Um, it's going to be real sad when Jonathan Quick comes back because, you know, Ben Scrivens and Martin Jones were just lighting it up. Um, or I guess the exact opposite, not lighting it up. No lights, shutouts. And that it would he would have to be like an absolute beast in order to kind of regain his position. But no, it's fine. Yeah. He just had to win. That first split save that you were talking about, though, um, because it was also, like, it was a big save, but it was also just, like, extremely visual how much of a split he was doing. And, like, I feel like everyone just had a collective, like, oh, shit, and we're just, like, clenching. And then once he was fine, like, tossed the puck out, was still working, everyone kind of just, like, breathed a sigh of relief. (laughs) And we we were all in it. We might be okay. Yeah, it turned out, because of those last few games, like, I think even during this losing streak, Scrivens and Jones, for the most part, were fine. Like, through a lot of it, they were pretty solid. Jones had a couple of really fluky goals happen, like, in that first Dallas game, and then in this Blues game, they both struggled, but other than that, they weren't awful. They just weren't superhuman, like Kings fans had gotten used to, and so... Quick coming back, what the Kings as a team really needed was if they're going to take penalties or if they're going to occasionally have these mistakes that lead to great scoring chances for a goaltender to be there and make these magical saves and get them through it. That was pretty much, I think, the only way that they were really going to get back in a game, especially if they were going to continue to have trouble scoring. And luckily, Jonathan Quick comes back tonight does what we all know him for, and makes a couple of really huge saves, including some late saves that were um, clipped and put online on one of the Sedins. I've already forgotten which one. It's Daniel Sedin. Okay, on Daniel Sedin. And it's exactly what, you know, the Kings want to see and what Kings fans want to see, and they were prevented any late goals or whatever. Especially after there was a weird, that weird empty netter moment where Jake Muzzin had scored, but then it was waved off. And I was like, oh no, this is where the Canucks tie it up and everything is the worst. I, yeah, that way I was definitely very, very concerned at that point. I was like, that doesn't look good. That's just a shift in someone else's fit favor. But um, Jeff Carter saves the day. Again. Yes, exactly. Luckily, Quiggy makes some more saves. Jeff Carter eventually gets them another empty netter and they win 3-1 and it's beautiful. The other, the only other person to score for the Kings tonight was Captain Dustin Brown. So actually, um, congratulations America on this win. Yes, I was very excited about that. I was, um, although the, the skate to the neck was kind of like, like crazy and kind of scary to me because anytime a skate gets anywhere that close to a face, it freaks me out. But, um, I was chanting USA because, the United States has, had just trumped Canada right there. 
you also got Luongo, who's like pushing to be on Team Canada as well. And then, but you also have Jeff Carter, who I guess is on the bubble. I've seen like maybe he could be on the team. He wasn't on the 2010 team for Team Canada, uh, but might this might be his time? I don't know. So that's what you have a little bit of like what Canada can do, what the U.S. could do. But Dustin Brown and Jonathan Quick have already been named to Team USA for the Olympics at Sochi in February. And they both showed up tonight, and I liked it a lot. Um, Speaking of the Jeff Carter thing, though, uh, I think it was Lisa Dillman um, who was uh, seeing, like, oh, you know, so the Canada team gets announced on Tuesday. What do you think? Will they get in? And uh, Jim Fox, in his usual, it sounds like he's just had a couple of glasses of wine, was (laughs) like, yes. He's going to open up his phone and it's going to say yes from the Canadian team and like exclamation point or whatever. So um, Jim that. Jim Fox has full faith that Jeff Carter will make it onto the Canadian team. Yeah. Lisa Dillman mentioned because Jeff Carter had a really weird first period. Yes, he did. Let's, we should probably talk about his weird first period. So Jeff Carter gets plenty of shots, but also takes that first penalty, which comes a little more than halfway through the period. And it was kind of a weird call. Like, I think the Canuck who drew it kind of sold it a little bit. They held his stick. But then his second one, he gets frustrated (laughs) because he literally gets, like, two or three shots on goal in a row. And it doesn't go in. And so then he cross-checks somebody because he's mad. When we talk about Jeff Carter being able to do it all, we don't mean that you need to also be the person who takes the penalties. In fact, we would rather you not do that. Don't. Don't let the spirit of Daniel Carcillo come into you. I know you're really upset about him leaving, but can we not? Can we not, Jeff Carter? Um, it was pretty hilarious, though, just because he his like helmet was off and, you know, you could just tell he was frustrated and he was like, forget it, and just like cross-check someone in the back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's terrible. You shouldn't do that. Whatever. But everyone's fine. So it was hilarious. It would be worse if they had scored again on the that Canucks power play if they had scored again but luckily they didn't so I can laugh about it now at the time I was like don't do this to me Jeff Carter you're supposed to save the Kings in these situations but um but then he made up for it actually by scoring two goals so that was beautiful I guess he just made up for the fact like he's like I took two penalties I guess I gotta score two goals to make up for it right right fine Which by I me. appreciate I will take that trade-off you can act a fool a little bit but also just you know Put some stuff up on the scoreboard for me. Thanks. Yeah. So in addition to this being the King's first win and also Quickie's first game back, another thing to kind of make it special, I guess, was that it is Coach Daryl Sutter's 1,000th game as a coach in the NHL, which he sort of downplayed as he does. And that was pretty funny. But the thing, um, John Rosen from LA Kings Insider wrote a little thing about it. And here was the bit that stuck out to me. It reads, through 999 career games, Sutter has an overall regular season coaching record of 486, 362, 101, 50 wins, losses, ties, overtime yeah. losses. In 139 games with Los Angeles, Sutter's record is 77, 42, and 20 wins, losses, overtime losses. His 626 winning percentage with the Kings is the highest of any coach in club history. Daryl Sutter has only been with the Kings since 2012, and he's already the winningest coach in <laughs> Kings history. That is insane. 
I mean, not entirely surprising. They won a Stanley Cup, and obviously they did, you know, they managed to make it all the way to the conference final last season. They've been a very good team the last couple of years, but it just is another one of those reminders that, like, even though they literally were just on a five-game losing streak and could only score six goals during that time, still just a great Kings team, apparently. Um, and just because they were terrible before. That's like the it. bar was just so low that they could never really be too bad in comparison. It's kind of nice having so many things to celebrate. Like, oh, look at the great start that we're off to. Oh, look at this fantastic streak that's the best in club history. Because literally, they were garbage before. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fun for fans in 2014 now. Hopefully, I, I think the only thing to worry about now is whether or not they can continue to pick up wins. I hope they do. I would like them to stop losing. <laughs> I've had enough of it already. It was a very stressful and upsetting time. We were very dejected about this whole deal. I mean, they got off to such a great start to December. It was like, they're not losing anything. And then they lost a the game to Chicago, which was frustrating, but it's Chicago, so it's fine. They lost a game to the best team in the league. They could finish out this month super strong. And they were like, actually, we can skid and suck and just depress you. And they did that. They accomplished that goal, and I hated it. But I'm excited that they won over the Canucks. Because if they can't continue their winning streak against the Blues, at least they're continuing their winning streak against the Canucks this season. Yes, agreed. They have won all three games against the Canucks so far. One of them they super didn't deserve to win, but who cares? They won it. Despite that four-game skid at the, or yeah, technically four-game skid at the end of December, despite that, Martin Jones named co-rookie of the month for December because they also put Auntie Ranta up in there from Chicago. Both of those two goaltenders, rookies of the month. And that's really great. I'm so excited about Martin Jones. I can't wait till he's here full time. I'm so ready to have Jones after, you know, the great games that he's played in uh, Manchester and just like working hard and like every article is just like, like, and he's just so kind of modest and kind of humble about it. Just like, you know, I wasn't drafted. I knew I had to work hard, you know, and so I did. And I'm awesome now. So I'm going to play with the Kings. Like, I'm real amped for it. And I'm real excited for him to uh, hopefully back up Jonathan Quick very soon. Which um, raises some interesting questions because, you know, people are like, well, they didn't send him down immediately, so what does that mean? Although he wasn't the person who backed up quick tonight, it was Scrivens. Obviously, I think Jones is getting sent down to the AHL, at least for a little while. But now the big question is, are they going to trade Scrivens during the season? Or, as ex- as was originally expected, are they going to wait till the off season and then do something? I think... For the Kings, it probably makes more sense to trade Scrivens earlier because he's a free agent during the summer, but I don't know. It's kind of a toss-up right now. It might make more sense for them, but I would personally rather see uh, Martin Jones go back to the AHL. Um, I mean, yeah, he's been playing great in the AHL, he's been playing great with the Kings, but he also needs to play. Um, and that was part of with Daniel Carcillo too. Uh, Dean Lombardi said something about how, you know, Daniel Carcillo wanted to play and I wanted him to play. So I sent him to a place that would put him on the ice, you know, cause he obviously wasn't making a, a huge impact on the Kings and wasn't getting a ton of ice time. And it's kind of the same with Martin Jones. Like 
Jonathan Quick is always, it's, it's not a James Reimer, Jonathan Bernier situation here. Jonathan Quick is always going to be the starting goalie. He's always going to be the star um, of the Kings in the goalie situation. So I would rather Martin Jones go down to the AHL and play and, you know, work and get into, see more situations, you know, get experience, then, you know, come back with the Black Aces if, cross your fingers, the Kings make it to the playoffs again, um, instead of just seeing him sitting and looking pretty on the bench without getting a lot of opportunity to, you know, work at it. That's very true. I would like him to keep playing and stay, you know, in game shape, as they say. I am very curious to see what choices are made. There have been a lot of allusions to the fact that the Kings will make another trade because they're also obviously still looking for another top six left winger who can score goals. Clearly haven't figured out that problem, but I don't know what pieces they're going to move. Um, And right now, it seems like Skirvins would be the most logical piece to move if they're confident in Martin Jones' play, and I feel like they should be at this point. So we'll see. We'll see. And I, I think Brent Scrivens is great. I love having Brent Scrivens here. He's, you know, obviously done really well for the Kings in times of need. But also, I like Martin Jones a lot. I, I still dig the the whole, you know, homegrown prospects deal. Um, I know that a lot of other people were talking about how uh, with this Crystal's trade and with getting a seventh round pick... Um, they were like, well, that's actually pretty good. Dean Lombardi is very good at drafting kids and training them up and developing them. So that is a good thing for, you know, the future Kings. Um, that's why I'm excited about Toffoli. I'm excited about if, you know, Martin Jones gets sent down, that's a free roster spot that we have open. And if they don't trade for anyone immediately or don't, like, acquire someone immediately, you know, maybe Lyndon Bay will come up and play some games maybe Tanner Pearson well who knows right yeah that was the other thing is people speculating that one of the other uh forwards in Manchester will get called back up and I hope it's Lyndon Vey I think he did a great job while he was here with the Kings I could see why they would call up Tanner Pearson because they still need another left wing and Matt Fratton clearly can't play left wing but of those two players Pearson and Vey when they were up here I think Vey was more NHL ready than Pearson was although Vey did uh get healthy scratch recently because of his poor play down in Manchester. Um, uh, although that was just one game, it could just be, a, you know, sit in the corner for a while, put on the stunts cap. Um, think about what you did. Yeah, think about think about your problems, but uh, it could be completely fine. Um, I guess instead of a King's goalie tweet-off or whatever always happens during uh, <laughs> King's practices, it'll be uh, King's rookies call-up tweet-off. Um, to see who will get to come back and play with the Kings again. So I guess we're going to be on the lookout for that. Which rookie gets called up, if they do call someone up? What other trades they make? Because we've heard that they're going to make some more trades because they're looking for people. I'm terrified of trades. I'm so scared. (laughs) I'm so terrified. I always seem to be, I always seem to be in like a public place when trades go down and like someone texts me or, you know, someone replies me about it. Because I am then not able to yell or <laughs> talk to myself about it. Like, and so internally. today I was just like, um, I was in an in and out drive through while learning about Daniel Carcillo's trade and uh, standing in the middle of like a department store in like a hidden away corner yelling with people about it. <laughs> it's yeah. And at least with Daniel Carcillo, it's like, oh, it's not too bad. I'm not too surprised by that. But 
you know, if they're looking for someone who can be a top six person, they're going to have to make some big movement for it. As, as great as Dean Lombardi is, like, he works magic constantly with trades and whatnot, as we have seen. But this time we don't have a Jack Johnson to just get rid of. And I'm very, very curious slash scared. It makes me anxious. I don't like it. Just tell me now, everyone. But what we do know is that they have that roster spot, and eventually Jones will get sent down, at least temporarily. Somebody else might get called up. And I feel like at this point, it also means that I would just like to take a moment to congratulate Tyler Toffoli, who clearly will not be getting sent back down, which we already knew. But I feel like this is more evidence of the fact that Tyler Toffoli is an LA King now. He's not Tyler Toffoli from the Manchester Monarchs. He's a king. And that's awesome. It's so exciting. I'm so ex- I'm so happy about it. I love it. I love it all. He's been a little quiet. I would like him to score some more goals again. But for the most part, he's been awesome so far while being up with the Los Angeles Kings. And I'm so stoked that he has a space on this team for good. Or, you know, is for good as anyone can be on a hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So congratulations to Tyler Toffoli. Glad that he's part of the LA Kings. Super excited. I was doing a bunch of random internet spiraling that I really don't know what else to call it for Tyler Toffoli. I didn't realize that, I mean, or I guess I just hadn't really been paying attention to it, that when he was drafted that year, he was for a long time in the same sort of conversations as Tyler Sagan and Taylor Hall. But because of his conditioning, I guess, when he got to the combine, suddenly he wasn't one of the dudes who was, you know, projected to be picked really early. He dropped down to like 16th or something in draft rankings, and then obviously didn't get picked until the second round. Fascinating. Fascinating. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he is someone who at one point was projected to be like a really big breakout hockey player, managed to slip a little bit. And of course, that's probably what made him perfect to Dean Lombardi because he loves that. But yeah, so he was uh, right, right in the mix with those people. So Tyler DeFolay has a lot of potential, and I really hope that he fulfills it with the Kings. Amen. The Kings are now just over, just slightly over, halfway through the season. I saw that Bleacher Report posted this thing where they gave Kings awards for the first half of the 2013-2014 season. They had five. Here they are. Most improved player, Dwight King. Most underrated player, Justin Williams. Best rookie, Martin Jones. Best defensive player, Drew Doughty. Most valuable player, Andre Kopitar. I think I like all of those. I agree 100% with all of those. Yeah, I don't have a problem with any of them. Especially, I think, yeah, Dwight King has really, even tonight, like his, you know, his past, he set up Carter's goal, the go-ahead goal. So that was great. Good job, Dwight King. Keep doing it. Remember when his, like, uh, career high in a season was, wait, how many goals? Oh, oh, that's... Was it, like, four or, like, seven or something like that? It was like four or five. I don't know. Something And then he immediately broke it and then became amazing and then pulled out that pass to Jeff Carter that the face that Jeff Carter makes after <laughs> um, that pass or after he scores the goal is still golden to me. Um, doing all the little play. things, as they like to say, lifting sticks and, you know, playing in front of the net, dirty around the boards beautiful passes, scoring goals. I don't... 
Dwight King, you're a treasure. A treasure we didn't know that we had. That we, I guess, should have known because that was, you know, he was called up for a reason when he was. And then he had a pretty quiet period. And now he's doing what people hoped that he would do. And that's awesome. I'm really glad. I hope he continues. (laughs) I'm glad we all underestimated him so we can all be delighted by how well he's doing. Yeah. So um, that's what it's like, I guess, to be part of the Kings and uh, loved by Kings fans is we love you and then we mock you mercilessly and really underestimate you. But then if you prove us wrong, we're super happy. And we'll love you for probably ever. Yeah. And create 80 million memes about you and they will persist for as long as we can manage to keep them alive. (laughs) Dwight King, the one who gets affectionately called a murderer constantly. (laughs) Instead of getting called a mass murder seriously by Ryan Miller, <laughs> like Mike Richards does. Oh, uh, Mike Richards. I Still awful. Still yeah, awful. Yeah. He had that one power play pass or some. I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of a shot that might have been, you know, supposed to be on goal, but ended up being a shot that hit Carter's stick and became a goal. So people were, and he had a pretty good game that game. And everybody was like, all right, maybe Mike Richards is turning it around. And the answer is no. He was a mess today. Figure it out. (sighs) Still terrible. Don't know what's going on with Mike Richards. But I guess I shouldn't worry yet. Yet. I was quite surprised that he got his second line center job back, actually, when he did. And then he played, like, okay in that game. And I was like, all right, fine. That's cool. But now I don't know. Who knows? What's up with Mike Richards? I don't know. I hope he figures it out. I like it when he plays really well. He's someone that I really respect. But... Right now, nothing is connecting for him. Um, And it's not like he's doing anything that's grossly wrong, but it's, you know, like those little things. Like, I don't know, complete a pass. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's a little thing or, um, you know, a basic tenet of having, of like playing a hockey game. Yeah, what I mean, it's like stuff like that. It's not like, oh, he scored it, you know, he scored an own goal or something like that. It's nothing where it's like, oh, Mike Richards caught, you know, took the double minor. No, that wasn't him. He didn't do that, but he can't complete a pass. No, he can't. And he used to, he's usually so good at, like, aggressively fighting for a puck or stealing it from someone. And there's been very little of that recently. He's playing like he's a little guy. I don't like it. I, it's funny because with this whole losing streak and with a bunch of people kind of doing poorly or other things that we can kind of talk about, goalies, whatever, um, I have, I, I haven't forgotten, but it hasn't been dwelling on my mind that Trevor Lewis still hasn't scored a goal. Oh. Because before when they were winning and everyone was scoring goals and it was great and I was happy, it's like, oh, I'm glad the top line scored four goals this game. Too bad Trevor Lewis couldn't score a single one. But now everyone was terrible, so I didn't really think of the fact that I wasn't expecting Trevor Lewis to save the day. I mean, we're, of course, still hoping for a Trevor Lewis hat trick, but um, I kind of forgot. A little less pressure for him on uh, on my end. Yeah, every time the Kings go down at all, I'm like, Trevor Lewis, it's your time. Do it right now. Do it right now. And especially in that Blues game, after they had just announced Team USA and he wasn't part of it because he sucked all season, (laughs) I was like, this is it, Trevor Lewis. This is the day that you shine. Did he? Not at all. When will he shine? When will he shine? I just want nice things for him. Me too. I feel like we say this every podcast because I always bring it up, but I, 
I want nice things for Trevor Lewis if he would only score a goal. Uh, how much more do we have to say trade Trevor Lewis for him to actually score a goal? Come on. Well, right now, because it's been so long, it's like, oh, trade Trevor Lewis for what? Put Trevor Lewis on waivers. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't even joke about that. Keep Trevor Lewis here, but only if he scores a goal. <laughs> you know what it takes. Yeah. Um, I would like him to get going. I need everybody just to score more goals. Just score more. I don't understand. It's not like this team is incapable of scoring, so I don't understand why they keep hitting these points where they're like, I don't know, what is a goal? Never heard of it. What was their shooting percentage tonight? Was it over 2%? I imagine so, because they managed to score three (laughs) even strength goals. At least it's not 1.9, but it looked super bleak because they didn't score any goals until the third period. Luckily they did. I'm very happy. But it's not like they came out just like goals upon goals. Uh, They had a lot of shots, though. First period, it was something like 15 shots. So Same old story. They were trying. So, moving on. Obviously, as we already mentioned, Team USA was announced. Jonathan Quick, Dustin Brown, on it. Apparently locks for the whole consideration process. So that's surprising. I mean, quick less surprising, but still. Um, I would not have been surprised if they were left off, but but they're on the team. And I hope they uh, show up for the Kings in this next month and then help um, the U.S. win a gold medal. Please. please. That's all I want. I want the U.S. to get first and for Canada to get fourth. (laughs) Nothing for Canada. Although it's going to be tough. Like, before the Winter Classic, they aired that whole defending gold thing did you see that no i didn't okay so i didn't i I didn't watch this on tv so i didn't see it as it aired but i watched it after because they posted online it was basically like a 22 minute version of video version kind of of what they did that article for team usa but you know obviously nothing is controversial which we'll talk about that later but it was like a look behind of, you know, the management team for Team Canada going and looking at games and considering people and just listening to them talk about it. I was like reminded all over again just like how lucky Canada is to have the depth that they do to to have someone like Jeff Carter and be like, eh, maybe he'll make it. Hopefully, hopefully that doesn't matter. Hopefully the goaltending will be the thing that saves Team USA and they get the gold. I just hope that no one clicks um, on the Canadian team, even though I I don't think that that's the case. But I can hope. So I hope that nothing clicks. Um, They have the worst puck luck. Um, um, I don't know. Whatever. I just don't want them to win. And at this point, I'm just like, forget it. Get fourth. Who cares? Russia, Sweden, you can pick who gets second, who gets third. Or America first, Canada fourth. Yes. Alright, yeah, we'll, we'll come back and talk more about Olympic stuff a little later, but I, I did want to mention that again. And also, I didn't see a full roster for Team Russia released or anything, but the Kings tweeted out at one point, their, you know, their digital social media team tweeted out, you know, congratulations to Slava Voinov on being named to the Russian team. So, assuming that's legit, that's awesome. I mean, I'm not totally surprised, but he's he's a pretty young defenseman still, and it's really cool if he is going to be on the Russian team. For Sochi. I'm so excited for that. I'm so happy for Slava. I would be happy if Russia medaled and, you know, Slava Voinov can be like a silver medalist. That would be great. That'd be cool. I want them to have a picture of 
Oh no, they wouldn't. They'd have to have Canadians. Never mind. I was thinking of how um, when you know four years ago. Uh, when a bunch of the Blackhawks were on their various Olympic teams, and they took a picture, and you know they ha- had all of their various medals and the uh, and whatnot. But I realized that the Kings are full of uh, Canadians, so um, I don't want them to win anything. They can be in a picture; they just don't get to have any medals. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fine. It's like a picture of the U.S. players with their gold medal, Slava Voinov, with his silver medal. Canadians around, no medals. <laughs> That'd be so great. <laughs> That'd make me so happy. Uh. It's going to be very hard to root against any Kings players that potentially make the Canadian team. But hopefully that forward depth means none of them will. And I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, except for Drew Doughty, because he's obviously going to be on the team. I like that it says that apparently Slava Voinov is probably going to be like the uh, part of the anchor. Like, top four. What? That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it says, or whoever wrote this, I don't know also how likely any of this is. Top four, Gonchar, Markov, Voinov, and Volchenkov. Voinov might come as a bit of a surprise, but this is a very good young offensive defenseman. Even though his underlying stats are a bit underwhelming, he's playing against second-line competition in the Western Conference. A tough bid for any young defenseman. Since the start of the lockout shortened season, only 27 defensemen in the NHL have put up at least 40 points, and Voinov is one of them. That's amazing. So yeah, I hope he, I hope he does a really good job. <laughs> Go Slava! <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited for him. <laughs> so many feelings about all of the Kings players playing in the Olympics. Yeah, and obviously Kopi's going to play for Slovenia. I don't know if he'll make it. <laughs> he might not make it. He is as far, like, from the way that, from what I've heard about it, obviously this is because most of what I've read about that team is, like, through the NHL, and so they only care about Kopitar. But it's like, as far as I know, the entire Slovenian team is Ajay Kopitar and maybe his brother. Maybe. <laughs> Oh, it's so fantastic. Uh, speaking of Kopi's brother, he is now playing for the Ontario Reign. Apparently, he just wanted to play on the Reign because he, his family are all out here now, and he wanted to stay around family, so playing in the ECHL. That's cute. So, now that the Winter Classic has happened, everybody's looking ahead to the stadium series. The LA game, the LA Kings-Ducks game, is still having some trouble selling and whatnot, so I feel like it seems that they've gotten to this point now where they're trying anything they possibly can, including discounting tickets and whatnot, to get this thing sold out. They still expect to sell out the week of, but, you know, they would like to sell it out before. Whatever. So, The Hollywood Reporter published this piece that essentially sounded like native marketing to me, but, like, in the worst way. It was, instead of really talking too much about hockey, except for in a very generic, sort of nostalgic way about pond hockey, even though people in Southern California have never played pond hockey because it's hot here, they focused on celebrity. Sam Flood, one of the people in charge, says from this article, quote, But Flood, a former college hockey captain at Williams before becoming a TV hockey power broker, said mixing NHL brawn with Hollywood beauty promises an event more than a league game. Los Angeles is celebrity, he says. That is the scene. That is a place you want to be seen. And then they go on to talk about how Wayne Gretzky, like, started this trend of marrying actresses and whatnot and dating famous people in L.A. and how 
famous people should come to it and you know Luke Robitaille has worked to you know get people like Cuba Gooding Jr. and every other celebrity who has had any interest in the Kings at all and hey other celebrities come to this game and help us sell it out basically LA is where stars happen and it's so great let's not really talk about hockey at all it was the worst article it was like everything I hate about Los Angeles like of all the things you could have written about this game like why write that that's not that's not even the point. That's just like a dumb not like not even really puff piece, just like a stupid, unresearched, celebrity obsessed piece about a hockey game. I don't know. That's silly. Yeah. Especially I don't know, just try to to appeal to like the like most most generic thing about Los Angeles is the Hollywood part, which is like that's not even really supposed to be the point of this, but Oh, whatever. Um, hopefully they do sell it out. I'm very excited for this game. Diane, you will not be there. I will not be there. I will be in crap weather, um, actually. I'm leaving the beautiful sun of California, and I'll be in Utah um, at the Sundance Film Festival. So I will not be attending, unfortunately, but I will e- be eagerly following what happens. Maybe if you go to Utah, like you can figure out, get, just investigate, get to the bottom of what Trevor Lewis's problem is. I feel like that's really happening here. <laughs> Conducting an do investigation. Some, do some detective work in, uh, in Utah. Actually, um, if I can, I actually don't know if it works out with my schedule, but, um, so every year Luke Robitaille does, um, a sort of celebrity tournament shootout business, um, in Park City in conjunction with Sundance, so... I think there's a ticket that you can go, you can play alongside them or like do a clinic of some sort, but you can also just go ahead and watch. Do it. Um, So maybe if I have time and can get myself out there, I I Google Maps the the ice rink that it's happening at um, because it's not in like the immediate vicinity where the festival is. You would need a car and I obviously don't have one. It is in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Of course it is. There is not a building in sight around it. Like, this is a place where someone gets murdered. Oh, no. Um, so if anyone is sitting at a computer, has some spare time, wants to just look up Park City, I don't know, Ice Arena, whatever it is, street view that sucker, um, it's sad. <laughs> you will be sad There is it. literally nothing around it. It is just a recreation center building in the middle of a giant field. Oh. Well, I would say go, but also I don't know if you are prepared to make that trek across the wilderness. <laughs> I feel I, I feel like it's unsafe, so <laughs> I will instead um, watch movies and listen to what's happening. Maybe I'll find a bar and watch it for a little bit. If, is it on? T- it's on TV, right? I assume yeah. so. It's still a regular season game, so somebody's going to be airing it. I'm very excited about this ridiculous event, and I hope it's a lot of fun. And I hope that if, you know, they get as many celebrities there as they clearly want. (laughs) I mean, honestly, when they said mixing NHL brawn with Hollywood beauty, I was like, is Jeff Carter the Hollywood beauty of this, like, chemistry concoction they're doing here? And then I realized that they just wanted celebrities. Um, Jeff Carter is the Hollywood beauty. Let's be correct about this. That's really... I mean, it's true. That's what they should have done. That was where they made their mistake, is they did not include a picture of Jeff Carter clearly indicating that he was the Hollywood beauty. NHL Braun, Hollywood beauty, Jeff Carter. 
If they want to go the route of sort of like, hey, celebrities should come and therefore everyone else would be interested, they should find to have the entirety of the King's team get fitted for bespoke suits from uh, Alba Legacy (laughs) and then have a nice little photo op. Yes. Yes. Everybody has to put their teeth in, get their hair cut. It could be great. Oh, cut some of these people's hair, please. Please. After the game tonight when Roberto Luongo was in his net and I was like, what is that creature that... Oh, it's <laughs> And as we have said before, we have a lot of opinions about people's hair. We do have a lot of... That's true. Uh, there's a picture that I was looking at from the Winter Classic game of Jonathan Bernier. He's got some good hair, too. He's got a good yeah. everything, but he's got some good, good hair. Yeah. He keeps it together. I appreciate that about Jonathan Bernier. I appreciated that uh, he grabbed his butt a lot. <laughs> Just like, not only was he uh, just, you know, holding his butt ever so gently, he was just like skating around while doing it. He had hand warmers in his pants, he said. I I know, but... But he was still gently remains, caressing his butt. He was skating around and was gently caressing his butt. Sometimes you gotta do that. Or aggressively. Hit and down! I'm not sure he's okay. Uh, there's no question that this one's a penalty. A large five-minute major penalty power play for the Kings. All right, moving on to the five-minute majors. Obviously, we have one big thing that we're going to talk about, which is to go back to talking about uh, USA Hockey and Team USA and that whole thing. First, I want to start off because we didn't get a chance to talk about this when it happened. So it's a couple weeks old. Bear with it. It's still great. Mike Smith's buckle in the <laughs> when the Coyotes played the Sabres that won it for um, Buffalo in overtime. Amazing. Amazing moment. It couldn't have happened to a better person. <laughs> That's true, because we all despise Mike Smith. Yes. Can't stand him. And it was, and weirdly though, like watching it, I was like, really this, it was one of those moments where I was like, there's really no rule or anything to help him out here. It was in his pants. Come on. <laughs> I did not think, I thought that that was going to be immediately waved. I was like, that, that can't be, that can't be a goal, right? But it was. It was a goal. And in overtime. So it was the game winning yeah. goal unfortunate um and the the reason part of the reason that i brought it up now even though it's a couple weeks old which makes it seem like a million years ago in terms of um media consumption is because harrison mooney did this filk of dick in a box called but a goal in a butt and it has been (laughs) in my head since he posted it to fuck daddy and it's pretty funny and if you haven't seen it yet or listened to the song you should go check it out it's called goal in a butt so just listen to that song and repeat it over and over again. And especially because, like, with um, Team Canada is going to be announced on Tuesday. And with that coming up, people are, like, trying to figure out who the goalies are going to be. And they're like, clearly, like, Mike Smith has made a case for himself to be part of the Olympics. And all I can think is goal in a butt. <laughs> be on my level. Check out that song if you have not already. Um, but, yeah, so Canada had that special CBC, you know, did the defending goal thing. And it was about the Canadian roster and picking that. And it was not that controversial. Clearly, not that many people even saw it because it aired in Canada. And then they posted it online. And if you didn't go see it online, you didn't see it. So that happened. But after the Winter Classic, they announced the Team USA roster. And then right after the announcement, there is an article posted on ESPN. One, you know, they only let two reporters get you know, all access to all of the process of selecting the team. And oh boy, 
did it cause some controversy in the NHL and in the you know media that covers national hockey? It was pretty great. Probably because, you know, biggest snub, people thought, missing from Team USA, Bobby Ryan. I loved the immediate backlash. I loved everyone pulling up every stat that they could about him and other the other forwards that were chosen above him. Just being like, how dare you, Team USA, not have All-American Bobby Ryan on the U.S. roster? Oh, yeah. I was one of them too. There was a rumor, oh yeah, like night, like the night before, that was like I forget who it was, said something like, "Oh, I'm hearing that Bobby Ryan was left off of the Team USA roster." And even right then, I was like, "What? Who makes it in favor of Bobby Ryan?" Really is the question. And then when they announced all of the names, I was like, "Wow, they really, they really left Bobby Ryan off of this list." <laughs> I am so shocked. And yeah, that, that stat that people pointed out that since the 2008-2009 season, I believe, the only, there's only been one American forward who has scored more goals than Bobby Ryan, and that's Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel going, Bobby Ryan staying home. And I think everyone else on that list through, like, you know, people three through six or something like that are all on the team as yeah. well. But not Bobby Ryan. Yeah, left off. They were like, well, we have all these other, guy- these other guys. We don't need you. They said, oh, we're good. We have enough scoring. <laughs> Excuse me? As a fan of the Los Angeles Kings, you know, there is no such That's thing impossible. as enough scoring. You can never, ever have enough. I don't know what it's like to live in a world where you can just be like, I have enough scoring. I... I don't know what that's like at all. I wish I did. What a luxury. Why did you guys score five goals? I only asked for three. <laughs> for me, when that happens, it's like, why did you score five goals? Please save some of those because <laughs> you're not going to score anything next game now. It's like they don't allow for blowouts because uh, it can only be ever be one goal game. <laughs> yeah. That's an, okay. We, we have the lead. That's enough scoring. It's fine. Just stop. Just quit it. But yeah, leaving Bobby Ryan home and the most controversial comments for, you know, for the reasoning of why they left Bobby Ryan off, because apparently he's not even like, if somebody gets injured, he's not even the guy they're calling up next. They're thinking that's going to be Brandon Saab from the Chicago Blackhawks and probably not Bobby Ryan after him either. So, so they super don't want Bobby Ryan to be on this team. The quotes that stuck out the most from the piece that was written by, from the piece that was written by Scott Burnside were um, the quotes from Brian Burke, who was the GM of the 2010 team, Olympic team for the U.S., and is, you know, this round in 2014, he is the director of player personnel. So he has a lot of opinions. He didn't get to make the final decisions, but he had a lot of input. He says of Bobby Ryan, he is not intense. That word is not in his vocabulary. It's never going to be in his vocabulary. He can't spell intense. Their whole complaint was that they think he's a sleepy skater. And even though he scores a lot of goals, he's not the most complete player. And they clearly want to build a fast team that has a lot of defensive game and whatnot, too. So leave Bobby Ryan home, I guess, if you're like, all right, well, we got Patrick Kane and Phil Kessel, who are pretty fast and score a lot of goals. Maybe we don't need Bobby Ryan, is their reasoning. Um, it, my favorite sort of tweet about this whole thing was someone doing a fake spelling test. I don't know why my voice just broke there. Um, A fake spelling test where the words were like allegiance and 
I, I don't think Treculence was on it, but it should have been. And just, like, other very all-American words, all spelt correctly, but the only word that wasn't spelt correctly <laughs> was intensity. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and it was instead spelled in Tennessee, uh, which I also thought was amazing, so uh, kudos to the person who did that. That is unfortunate. <laughs> and it's, like, written in, uh, you know, little kid writing. Right, Yeah. <laughs> Um, like, it was written, I think they dated it, like, 1997 or something like That's that. That's too bad. Um, which was spectacular. Also, in uh, the last, not this past game from today, but a couple days ago, when the Senators played and Bobby Ryan forced a turnover and um, got the puck to someone else and they scored a goal, the the Senators um, commentators definitely was... Just, like, very casually, we're like, oh, did you guys, you know, look at this play by Bobby Ryan? It shows a lot of intensity. And, <laughs> da, 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 da. and it's like, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Throw that word in there. Just throw it in there. Um, I think it was, like, Ryan Lambert, who was, when he was reading the Burnside article, was really outraged. He was like, you know, he's sleepy. He scored this many sleepy goals. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. You just, whatever you say about it, you can't deny it. But, like, Bobby Ryan scores when he's on the ice um even though somebody else i think then like made a comparables list of all of the people who were on the roster plus bobby ryan to show like possession numbers and how much better they are you know uh, coursey relative numbers basically to just keep it simple and they're apparently not that good with bobby ryan which is kind of surprising since he does still you know find the back of the net a lot but i don't know which just to pause, I think it was, like, one... Obviously, like, Dustin Brown is on this team because he was on it last time, and they wanted, you know, some grit on there, too. He hits a lot. But the other thing is, Dustin Brown is a great possession player. Uh, I don't know. It's an in- interesting interesting way they put this team together. But what's also funny is that another thing that happened is that now... Or another controversy, I guess, is that people were like, oh, how dare Scott Burnside post, you know, this... And, you know, he, I don't know, just, I guess, putting down Scott Burnside for directly quoting um, something that he was given access to. Like, come yeah. on, guys. Do you know how journalism works? Apparently not. Like, you're, the all-access pass in this case does not come with an asterisk, does not come with a, I get to see it before you publish it. Yeah. That's not how it works. And, and to be fair, like, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, I was personally yelling about the fact that uh, that Bobby Ryan was left off the roster and had some choice words about the kind of, like, verbiage that they chose to use about his type of play. But I didn't have a problem with the fact that they were criticizing yeah, him. Yeah, no. I mean, dude, how we have a podcast and a blog and a Twitter that we constantly berate players for the way that they play. So, of course, you know, GMs and executives are going to do the same. So I had no problem with that. Uh, so, I I don't know. It was just, like, all blown out of proportion. I was bummed that Bobby Ryan wasn't on the, the roster, but the fact that everyone was up in arms that, you know, how dare Brian Burke uh, make any sort of criticism, which, come on, you know, he has every right to do so and should. Um, and then... On the flip side, people being like, how dare Scott Burnside publish that? Like, they're not, they don't understand how journalism works, right, yeah. just like you said. I think if you're, like, kind of outraged by Brian Burke thinking that, because, you know, then the other thing that people were thinking about was like, oh, but Brian Burke drafted Bobby Ryan. Doesn't he love Bobby Ryan? 
I think like when Bobby Ryan went to the senators or whatever, he had like good things to say about him. So in that way, with if you're outraged, at, you know Brian Burke's comments on behalf of Bobby Ryan, it should be because Brian Burke now seems like super two faced, but not for the fact that he had criticisms of a player, which is his job, especially in this sense. But then also, like you said, don't transfer that to Scott Burnside. I mean, that's that's just journalism you're just reporting what happened there and so if those things were said they were said they never denied that they said those things like they chose to apologize to bobby ryan publicly um that was their choice i don't even think they needed to do that much i think they just sort of like just let it blow over and continue to try to reach out to bobby ryan privately or whatever if they wanted to even though bobby ryan clearly does not have time to pick up the phone for them he's not interested but yeah i think it's crazy that anyone would try to say that Scott Burnside did something wrong and should be punished for it. And one of the people who kicked that off was Nick Kiprios saying, you know, being like, oh, can't they do something, you know, about like defamation of character or libel? And no, no, it's journalism. You can't do that actually right now because nothing that they said, nothing that Scott Burnside wrote about them saying or quoted, they haven't said that any of it is untrue. You know, their best defense was, oh, we thought we were going to get editorial review. No respectable news publication is ever going to give you that. And it's ESPN who, like, you know, they have people publishing things about the sports world all the time, obviously. It is, in fact, their whole business. So come on, people. Let's be smarter than that. I mean, I don't think that they would have cared that it was out there if not for people's reaction. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, they wouldn't be like, oh, I thought we were going to get editorial review. If it was out there, it's out there. Like... That's just part and parcel with, I mean, these people have closed door meetings all the time where I'm sure, you know, these players get laid out with all of their terrible qualities. Like, whatever, it's fine. They know that it happens, but it's just that everyone is up in arms. And I totally agree with you in saying that I don't think that anyone need to apologize at all. I would have never, I would not have apologized. I mean, they thought it was the better thing to do, but I would have been like, well, (laughs) that's what we said. So deal with it. Cool. Peace. Bobby Ryan's response, because Bobby Ryan, at least, is always an entertaining person. He says there was um, a follow up in the Ottawa Sun with him. And it says at one point he referred to the comments as gutless, quote, they were direct quotes and it's unfortunate they feel that way, said Ryan. That's their opinions, and they've got to form a team. I guess to a certain degree, you have to respect it. You don't have to agree with it, right? But you could have just cut me. You didn't have to. Actually, I almost feel degraded when it comes out like that. It is what it is. That's their decision. That's how they feel about it. I will remember it and use it as motivation. I mean, obviously, he has the right to feel hurt because they're like comments about him. But um, overall, it criticism of a player, it happens. Though there did seem to be very focus criticisms of a player but there was also criticism criticism of another player which i would like to bring up because i found it particularly amusing jack johnson (laughs) not on team usa probably the best thing the best decision that they did make and dean lombardi i don't care what dean lombardi said in that article he's like oh i think jack johnson would definitely be in the top five he is a liar He knows he lied. He (laughs) traded him. I think he said that and like totally at the same time broke down exactly all of Jack Johnson's skills in a way that let everybody know, nope, not this guy. I think what he really meant the entire time and he did was quoted as saying it is um, if he knew where he was on this list right now, he would be really upset, (laughs) which I 
100% agree since the whole, you know, back in 2010, flew himself out on his own dime for the, uh, the opening ceremonies. Like, this dude is, loves America. And I love him for loving America. So he can go to the Olympics and, like, wrangle bald eagles for everyone, but <laughs> not as a member of the U.S. men's Yeah, hockey. I propose that he can be the mascot. That is yes. fun. He can cheerlead for the U.S. just like the rest of us, but in a more official capacity. That's great. I just don't want to see him on the blue line. But someone else that won't be on a blue line, much to Dean Lombardi's chagrin, is oh, yeah. Keith Yandel. Oh, yeah. That was the best. This is the literal best part of this entire article for me, is the fact that Dean Lombardi wrote um, a dissertation about how great Yandel is, um, gave a gave a presentation about it, um, had the handouts, you know, I'm just imagining him at, like, a Kinko's, just, like, um, very carefully making copies of his whole Yandel manifesto, as they called yes. it, um, so that he could, you know, pass them out to the other executives that were making the choices, um, and so as he's giving his presentation, apparently he was just like, okay, also I want you to play this video of, you know, all of Keith Yandel's plays or, you know, just like a super cut of Keith Yandel's greatest moments, if you will. Um, that is the greatest. And everyone was commenting about how first there were jokes about the fact that he wrote a novel about this player and in like in a, uh, an effort to get him on the team. And then the comment that uh, Scott, Bur- the editorial like comment that Scott Burnside made, and then was supported with quotes from from the guys on the selection committee, just being like, "So going into this meeting, no one really cared about having Keith Yandel on their team." After Dean Lombardi talked about it, everyone was like, "Yeah, Keith Yandel is definitely going <laughs> to be on the Olympic team because T- Dean Lombardi is magic and is a lawyer." And is apparently a very good one because he got everyone to um, get on his level. I like that basically Dean Lombardi comes across as being like sort of the kind of weird stats nerd in the whole management committee. And everybody's like, what? What are you talking about, Dean? Dean with his pronouns. Yeah, hilarious. My five favorite words of that entire piece are Dean Lombardi's impassioned Yandel manifesto. (laughs) That's all I need for the rest of my life. I really. I want a framed cross stitch of that quote. <laughs> so good, so good. Also, um, I bet Keith Yandel probably feels pretty good that at least Dean Lombardi cares a lot about him and thinks he's great. Yeah, I I hope that Keith Yandel writes him a very nice letter, <laughs> or asks to um, have a copy of the Yandel manifesto to have in his home. I really want to see this manifesto. I want to. Hear... I want to see this manifesto so badly. If there were an auction, some auction where like the money went to King's Care, I would empty my life savings to buy this. Or I would go go in with a bunch of people to buy this and then we would just publish it on the internet. How do I make this happen? That's so good. So good. Well, after all of the uh, controversy about this, like uh, Canada did post the whole defending uh, the gold or whatever that was. Um, but that's all kind of hypothetical of them defending it because we don't know their full roster. I'm really excited for it to be announced so that I can watch Canada lose their shit. Yeah. It, because that's the thing is like, no matter their, like for Team USA, it was like there were a few people that they thought were 
snubbed Bobby Ryan, I think, being the most controversial name because he was talked so much about in the Burnside piece. But with Canada, like they do have all of that forward depth. So definitely people that you think could totally fit on Team Canada aren't going to make it. And so I am very curious to see who they finally decide on and which people are left off and if there are any surprise names. Obviously, I I don't I don't want Canada to win a damn thing, but I will be pretty outraged if PK Subban is not on Team Canada. Oh, I am going to be furious if PK Subban. I just want all of the the like spurned uh Olympic hopefuls to just like start their own country, defect to a different island somewhere, and uh, play on a team. So it's like Keith Yandel and Bobby Ryan and Kyle Ocposo and PK Subban if he gets uh, rejected, and you know, whoever else. Um, someone who didn't make the Slovenian men's national team, you know, the people you're really outraged <laughs> about. Um, to all band together and form some other team. Um, I, th- I think it was a tweet. Yeah, I think it was a tweet that I saw the other night that was talking about Patrick Sharp because he's played really well for the Blackhawks. That was like, if Patrick Sharp doesn't make Team Canada, he and Bobby Ryan should absolutely lead the charge and start their own nation and show up at Sochi. It's unfair. So I hope he doesn't what make kind of Team deal Canada. With the, what kind of deal with the devil did he make? I don't know, but I hope he doesn't make Team Canada because they don't need to win anything. <laughs> Leave him at home. Yeah, oh no. Leave it That That is home. one person that I hope gets spurned. I'm sorry, Patrick Sharp. <laughs> You're so great. Who cares? Not me. Stay home. I think another thing that people are just, like, I don't know, concerned about, everyone's, like, interested to see if Chris Kunitz is going to make it on the team. Oh, yeah. There was. Did you see? Someone posted up the stats about him playing with Sidney Crosby and him playing without, and it's something like, you know, with Sidney Crosby in, like, a particular season, he scored, you know, 20 goals or whatever. Without him, he scored, like, three or you know whatever rough times um and whether it's worth it to have him on the team when he is only good with Sidney Sidney Crosby Crosby, yeah I don't know did you see that crazy goal that uh Kuna scored the other night the one the the pass from like the blue line that he like kicked off his skate and right yeah that was in the crease yeah 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 yeah. that was pretty good which and um uh Sean Gentile I think he he pointed out that it was like kind of the whole Team Canada conundrum in one moment of like that may or may not have actually been a pass from Crosby. He could have just you know happened to have deflected it off his skate and Chris Kunitz scores it. But it's like it does you know. So do they need each other there or should Kunitz make it on his own because he managed to get a loose puck in or is, was it a pass from Crosby kind of thing and he needs Crosby to be there. I thought it was pretty interesting. What would be hilarious is if he did make it on the team, and then, I mean, I don't want him to get injured because I I very much like uh, Sidney Crosby, but if Sidney Crosby were then to suddenly get injured... Oh, man. Um, and then Chris Kunitz is just, like, hanging out there, <laughs> oh. like, not able to do anything because he doesn't have Sidney Crosby. Hanging around, trying not make it an impact. So rough for Team Canada. So great for me. I'm, I also want to know what deal with the devil the Penguins have made, where they have clearly traded their own, like, the majority of the team has traded, like, their own protection from injury just to keep Sidney Crosby from getting injured for a season. Every, okay, everyone on that team is flipping injured. Yeah, they're all going down. Sidney Crosby, still in. They all had, like, a 
so like someone they had a powwow yeah. either before or after some sort of game or something like that and we're just like all right you guys um so i, I made this deal you know uh, Malkin comes in. He's like, I make deal. Russian devil. Uh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. If he comes, he tells me if Sydney gets hurt, but we just take over. And so Paul Martin falls with like a broken tibia. Uh, Bo Bennett like gets his wrist like cut up or whatever. And it's all just, uh, in an effort to keep Sydney Crosby right, safe. Just to give him another full NHL season. I respect that sacrifice. Because I feel like there's... That's also, like, the worst Russian accent I've ever done in my entire life. I super appreciate that you did it, though. Great job. (laughs) Oh, that was awful. Uh, But fantastic. Oh. Oh, man. But back to America. Here's something I wanted to point out, because it was great, and he's playing on Team USA. Ryan Suter, Minnesota Wild, gets his first career hat trick tonight. And he's the first Wild defenseman to ever score a hat trick. So great, America. I really, that's really awesome. I I saw that it was his first uh, career hat trick, not only in the NHL, but just like ever. But I didn't know that it was his the first like wild defenseman to ever get a hat trick. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they're still a pretty young team, but yes. Yes. That's, that's awesome. I like Ryan yeah. Suter. And he plays so many minutes. Like, is it just like standard at this point that he plays like a half of the game every night? I feel like... Sometimes Mike Yo is single-handedly trying to sabotage USA's chance at Olympic gold. He's going to run the top defenseman on Team USA into the ground. And he's, like, letting Parise play while injured? Um, yeah, I would like his head on a yeah, platter. Yeah, get this terrorist out of there, Mike Yo. <laughs> get him out. But um, who cares? Even though he is trying to break Ryan Suter before the Olympics, he scored a hat trick tonight, so he is okay. Also, can I say, after that Blues game and TJ Oshie all of a sudden being like, I'm going to score two goals and just like be real effective, I hope that is not the best he can do. If that was TJ Oshie's peak and he didn't save any of that for Team USA, I'm outraged. Oh, I'm going to be furious. Like, I have never felt so in tune with one tweet as when one girl one puck posted the all caps you better do that in the olympics you rosy cheeked fuck face <laughs> yes so true because that is the truest most accurate statement i have ever heard um both in that he better do that in the olympics and he's a fuck face and he's very rosy cheeked fuck face is the very specific and accurate description and going along the lines of like when during king's games when uh you know if if quick lets in a goal or jones lets in a goal or scrivens lets in a goal the immediate response is like oh well the other goalie would have saved that or whatever now if any of the bottom uh six or i guess the the wingers the bottom wingers on the olympic teams if they miss something i'm just gonna be like bobby Ryan oh for sure that. if this team bombs or even just has some terrible moments everybody's bringing up bobby ryan the jokes will be endless i look forward to every country's meltdown yeah. <laughs> over the olympics yeah yeah um and then i remember that like most of these games are gonna be played while i'm asleep so <laughs> whatever <laughs> All right, um, I think that's all we got for today. Somehow we have managed to go so long. <laughs> I will So long. We had a lot of words to say. I, I can't think of any sort of parting words for myself. Do you have anything that you want to leave us on, Diane? I want to leave off on fun things. 
which is, this part isn't necessarily the fun part, but Zine and Kanaka got uh, acquired by the Sabres very recently, but more important, him and his rabbit. Yeah. His bunny Hoppy um, has been acquired by the Buffalo Sabres, and I would like every player in the NHL to have a pet that they love as much as he loves this damn rabbit. (laughs) And to post as many pictures onto Instagram that he does of his, uh, of Hoppy in, like, a costume of Hoppy, you know, like, sitting on the laptop of him and Hoppy in the kitchen having breakfast. It is, like, it brings me so much happiness. It's unbelievable. It's, like, the cutest damn thing I have ever seen. Ah, I love it. So, um, that's what was getting me through the losing streak was, uh, him and his, his (laughs) His little bunny. I, th- I think what's also, like, always amusing to me is, you know, Zinan Kanapka is, like, known for being, like, a tough guy on the ice, but he adores this little fluffy fluffy rabbit. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So that's, on a happy note, is how we're going to, on a ridiculous rabbit uh, happy note, is how we're going to leave this. Nice. So um, if everybody, all the Kings players could also just aspire to be cuter with animals on Twitter. Sometimes they post pictures of them with, the, like, their dogs. They could do more. I don't know. I don't really see them, like, putting dumb costumes on their pets. Maybe they could try that. Jeff's girlfriend does. So maybe they can continue with that, and Jeff can continue to hold small animals right. in his hand. Yeah. And Kopi can continue posting pictures of his uh, whatever kind of dog right, that yeah. is. I, I definitely need a new um, uh, edition of Jeff Carter Loves Little Things. So if he could, you know, go back to... <laughs> Hold this small dogs or something. That would be great for me. And um, hopefully that happens. And hopefully the Kings win some more games. I would not like to go back to losing. I don't want to see that anymore. So they need to keep winning so that next week we can be happy again. Yes, please. All right. Take care of yourselves, friends. If you are not on iTunes, it's not iTunes. We will hopefully soon also be on Stitcher. That is in the process. Um, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter. We are at ThanksBud, or you can follow us individually. I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at AKA Diane Fan. And we will be your friends because we like people. All right. Catch you guys next week. And uh, as they say, go Kings, go. Bye. <laughs> Farewell.